johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. It is December 27th. It's hard to believe it is the last show of the year. We were uh, trying to do some things uh, a little different, but I guess we'll kick it off next year, Acosti, uh, with the, uh, the, live, uh, the live stream. Yeah, well, we'll start next year. It's um, not a big deal. I just couldn't get it in order. But you know what? You know, the new year... We'll have a new showcase. We'll be broadcasting live on YouTube as well as live on the air. So not a big deal. Um, it's funny. You know, I don't like to really blast clients on the air because I'd say 99% of the people Man, I deal with are really early in. And it's wow. got to get it out there. And Go ahead. So I had a, cl- I had a client. Quick story. Had a client. We're going to call this um, the, the psychology uh, segment. Go ahead. The psycho- psychology of the insanity of the game. Had a client reach out to me Christmas morning. So, being oh. that I am a pro, I don't not take the call. I answer the call. Tell them I'm going live on YouTube on Christmas, right? Before I do the thing with the families. And he's like, I'm very interested. I've been following you guys for a while. Um, I'm really, I know you're connected to these large betting syndicates. I want in. So no problem. Watch the show. I don't have much time right now, but just wanted to reach out because you did call and answer the phone. And uh, I'll, I'll catch you after the air. So he listens to me go on air at the end of the show, how I was sitting there and hyping the fact that everybody's on the other side, the Ravens in the over. Not something that I was going big on, but it's, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the hitter of the week for for the day, sorry. And, of course, calls me after the show. Then he says, well, I'm a little bit skeptical. There's a lot of frauds out there on the Internet. How how can I believe the person I'm talking to on the phone is the actual person that was live on air? So FaceTime me. Now, granted, this is like 1230 now. I think it was, no, 130. So I actually go outside while I'm eating, spending time with my family. Go outside FaceTime the guy. Couldn't be a nicer guy, right? Man, I can't believe that's you. Said, yeah, man, we're real people. Doing this too long, man. No faking it, just real transparency. Because, oh, man, you're, you're the man. I already put in the Ravens bet. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Can't wait to get started. Talked to him yesterday. Yeah, I hit it. I hit the Ravens. Thanks, man. And just goes dark. Hit, talk to him today. So what happened to you? Well, I just I need to win some more money before I could join. Right away, red flag. There's no such thing as winning more money. He's just a degenerate gambler. He has no concept of reality. He has no concept of treating it as a strategy. All he wants to do is, and not only is he a bad gambler, he bets alternate lines, like the minus 220s. So he, like, pulls the spread down to think that that is the solution to winning long-term. It's like betting, you know, baseball, minus 200s, minus... Yeah, it's great when you win, when you don't feel it, but the difference is he's laying... He's putting up four or 5,000 to win, like 1,500, 1,800. I started laughing. I'm like, this is how you're going to gain more money? It's a horrible way... Well, it's been working for me. Like, it's not going to work long-term. I'm telling you... Betting anything minus 200 will never work. And it, it was the whole, the point of this story is 
please don't call me and waste my time. It's too valuable. Like, just be honest from the start. I'm just inquiring, and that's it. I, I would respect no, the that. Point, no, no, say, no, no, no. So for all the listeners, the point of the story is, just like I started almost a year ago, last January, is that I... I mean, you and I were talking about it in the office yesterday. What did I say to you? I said, I think I might charge like a lawyer a consultation fee just for a conversation. Meaning, you, just as we'll get over the shrink segment and get into sports, you decided to engage the client. I'm a prick. So I am, you can call me Eric Pathy the prick. It's fine. I love it. If you're not qualified to talk to me, you just don't talk to me. Like, that's the stance I've taken for the last 365 days a year. If this is a car lot, I'm selling the Bugatti Veyron in the back. Like, you don't get to just come in and take a test drive in the Bugatti. So, therefore, I'm going to deal with a lot less individuals by nature of that, and that's fine because I just don't care. I, I don't care. I cannot be – I have children. I am a father. My job is to teach children, raise children. My job is not to teach a grown man how to act like an adult. So what you're basically saying is you're frustrated because you're trying to teach a grown man how to act like an adult. Well, no, he's not. He's not. And you got to understand, we have clients. We have clients that are listening to this. You know, like the our, our, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but people that have reached out and they don't like the way we talk, and you shouldn't talk about your paid clients like that. Well, you know what? It's not that we're we we love our clients. I said it on my YouTube video yesterday. I love my clients. But the, client, the reason why I love my clients is because I get to decide who's my client. And so what I think is, you know, you, you're, you're a little more humble than I am. I'm not humble. I'm not going to ever be humble. How can I be humble? How many people in the United States have access to real betting syndicates other not than many. me? Right, Exactly. So why, why am I going to be humble? I'm dealing with guys that are moving $10 million a week, and I'm going to worry about some guy calling me up telling me he needs to earn more money. So I've had a lot less stress in 2023. I'm going to carry that over into 2024. On my website, I basically put, you know, you got to have a minimum of 10 dime bankroll. But the reality is I'm not talking to guys unless they have 50, 100, 200,000 anymore. It's just not worth it. There's enough people out there that are larger betters, that are serious betters, that are serious investors that want to treat their wagering as business, don't want to have... Look, I just went and I did a four-minute video to my internal clientele yesterday. Um, you saw the video uh, breaking down week by week, week by week, week by week, since October 1st, the profits on our high-volume channel. And you're up 145 units since October 2nd. Within that block, if I say that, it sounds amazing. But what I showed in the video, which shocked a couple of people that reached out to me, was four consecutive losing weeks in a row. That's just why you have to be properly funded. If you can't handle the four losing consecutive weeks in a row, then you can't handle any volatility, and you can't handle a drawdown. You can't handle making money. So, like I said on my YouTube video that I did today, over at Pick Dogs, uh, for anybody that wants to watch my YouTube videos, I have my private channel. I haven't really been updating that. You can head over to youtube.com forward slash at Pick Dogs, P-I-C-K-D-A-W-G-Z. Just search my name, Eric, E-R-I-C, Pathy, P-A-T-H-I. I do a video that each and every day there. Average about, you know, 2,000, 3,000 views a day. And like I went over this whole analysis on the video yesterday. So, again... Winning is easy if you're a great loser. Losing is really hard if you're not a great loser because then everything is micro, not macro. Now, talking about micro, now we're over this psychology segment. Let's get on with games. Let's talk about the Ravens um, and, and when I, the psychology of a better thinking there's no way San Fran could lose at home. And this is where you gave out on the live show on Sunday – with uh, over at Pick Dogs, you gave out the the money line. You gave out the over in the game and the money line on the Ravens. Sometimes there's situations where the spreads just don't matter. Like, did you really expect the Ravens to lose by three? Would you have no, the over I, as a kicker? I, like, no, they'd win I mean, by three. They wouldn't lose by three. 
No, I mean, when I did the analysis on the game, it was either going to be a Ravens blowout or a San Fran blowout. I, I didn't see exactly. that game being close at the end. The teams are – these teams hit so hard and they play such brutal football that usually injuries happen in games like this, which came to fruition. And whoever has the most injuries during the game is probably going to get blown out. So it's just you can't – when you play this type of football – now when you play that, you know, the the Rams – Seattle, even the Lions type of football where they they spread it out, it's airing it out, even like the Dolphins play. Usually those games can come down to a field goal because they're not beating each other up. So it really comes down to who has the best you know, offensive possession late in the game that wins the game. But in games like this, when it's a brutal attack of two of the teams that are number one seeds in their respective divisions, we saw it. I mean, the Ravens kicked Purdy in the mouth. They they had him disoriented. The scheme that they ran was incredible defensively. And you, you look at a guy who was the leader in the MVP race. Now, again, there's a lot of skepticism regarding that because they claim that he's not even the best player on his own team. But because he's the quarterback, because he's the guy that's managing the point guard of the team, he was the leader in the race. I don't know if you actually heard about this, Eric, but there is a site that actually buys futures wagers. So it's kind of like an insurance policy. Let's yeah, say, let's of course. Say you have, ticket swap. I think, I think it's yeah. ticket swap right. or something. Yeah. Yep. So they bought, they bought the guy's Purdy MVP ticket for 100000 which was... 25 cents on the dollar. Can I, set, can I sell my ticket? <laughs> <laughs> can I sell my yeah, ticket? We, right, right, right. So, uh, I asked Micah if I should cash at him. No, keep it, keep it. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, you know, it, it flipped. And we, you know, everybody said before the game, and I went on numerous shows last week, and I said if Lamar wins this game for the Ravens, he's going to be the leader in the MVP race. It kind of it changes week to week because it's, now it's the same scenario when the Ravens are at home versus the Dolphins. Who wins that game probably will be in the MVP race with one game to go, which is, you know, basically going to... Whoever is the winner of the game, I think is going to end up being the MVP. Because Lamar could still lose it. If Tua comes in here and beats us, and it ends up taking over the number one seed in the division, he's probably going to end up winning the MVP because he's got the better numbers, and then he'll mm-hmm. have the better record. Right now, Lamar doesn't have the numbers, Eric. It's not. If you look at statistics, which MVP is not one on statistics, but Lamar only has 19 touchdowns, only 3,300 3, passing yards, and he's got a lot of, I think he's got 787, Might be. I might be off on that just from memory, um, rushing yards. But what you don't see in the statistics and the stats is he's a leader. He gets the first downs. He gets the wins. And you can clearly tell he's the best player on the field. So, you know, it would be interesting to see. I'm actually taking the wife to the game this weekend here in Baltimore. Very exciting. Now it's. You know, last week was the game of the year, and now this week is the game of the year. So the Ravens have been playing in a lot of these game of the year scenarios to finish the year. It, to me, I know we have a, a very good friend of ours who is against the NFL, and he doesn't like the pro- – I think it's a great product. I mean, I personally am obsessed with it. I, I love what they do. Do I love what the refs do? No. But at the end of the day, um, I love the product. I love – you know, going to the games. I love the tailgating. You know, I'm I'm a I'm an NFL nut. You know me. I've been an NFL nut since the age of twelve when I first could understand football. Um, coming to this country now, my dad. I mean, you you know, you talk to my dad all the time. My dad's a, a Ravens junkie as well. So, look, man, it 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 gives you it. it, it Changes perspective. So, how long did it take you to figure winter. out the game coming from uh, coming from uh, Ukraine? 
How long, like, Rush was all soccer? I don't remember the transit. No, I don't, I don't remember a transition. I don't remember even being into soccer when I was eight or nine years old. I really can't remember. I think the first memories I had. Can you imagine my dad is 85 years old, came to this country when he was 40, has never cared about football at all. Literally, soccer, that's it. Don't talk to me about football. Yeah. Never yeah, got I mean, into it. Never cared. Doesn't care. Cares now that his grandson cares. So now he cares that his grandson cares. But personally, nah, could, could care less. It's funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. If you're not into it, and it's something that you're just, you have other hobbies, then it's, it's hard to get into later in the later stages of your life. But um, it's it's a great sport. I love the product. I think regardless of the officiating, it, it still has that effect that I still really enjoy it. But we, we do so much analysis on the actual sport that sometimes it's like over-analysis. You know, it's just we criticize well, Look at your phone. Look at your phone. Call. I just sent you the... I, I just sent you the updated odds from a, a respected sports book. We won't give them the free publicity. What do you think about that? San Fran is the favorite to That's win the right, Super Bowl. San Fran's so much better than every other team in the NFC. Um, they have the easiest route. And I, I think the AFC is so much better than the NFC that, unfortunately, it's a harder route for any individual team from the AFC to get there. But What do you think about that? So I think Baltimore, Baltimore was at 2,200 early in the season. Now they're second spot plus 450. So right there, the number one seed. They should be there. It's how it should be. They just beat the number one team in the NFC who's been dominating with a healthy team every single other team in that division. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Cowboys. Um, they have not played the Lions yet, but um, they've done it. They, they've done it. They've, they've beat up on everybody who they should have beaten up on, and they lost, which is crazy. Their three losses were to the AFC North, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Ravens. So only three losses the Sanford has had. Now, the other two losses were they had some injuries along the way. Some of the key players were out for those games, but still, they lost to both those teams. It's just crazy to think that the AFC North, all three teams, except the Pittsburgh Steelers, have beaten the 49ers. Those are their only losses on the year. And they beat up on all the good teams in that division, like the Cowboys and the Eagles. So, it's going to be fun, man. It's January. It makes so what January you, what's your, exciting. What's your prediction for the Super Bowl? It's the last show of the year. <sighs> Super Bowl's February yeah. 11th. I, I still got it. I think it's going to be right now with the seeding. I think it's going to be a rematch of what we saw last week. I do. I knew you were I do. I do. You're <laughs> I can't. I, I can't throw the because again, you're talking about San Fran plays really well at home, and they have. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles made it back. Um, Dallas could get hot, but Dallas is just not a good road team because they're not going to play in Dallas on the turf inside. Can they get there? Yes. Do I think they can get there? No. I just think San Fran at home. The style of play that they play against every other NFC team, they dominate. But when they play against a team like the Ravens, which punches you in the mouth, when they play against a team like the Browns that punch you in the mouth, they struggle. It's a different type of game. It's not, you know, spread it out and play defense and rush the passer. I mean, you saw that. You saw that last week. It's we... We were able to do what we wanted once we started get rolling. And when we put pressure on the quarterback like we do, and same thing like the Browns, it's very hard. It's very hard to sustain to play four quarters like that. So I'm predicting, I mean, it's not a, you know, a crazy prediction, obviously, by any means. But I think that's going to be a, a repeat of Super Bowl. I remember, I don't forgot the number, but it was in 2013 when 
we beat the San Francisco. Should I call? Niners. Should I call Junior? Should I call Junior? He ain't gonna forget the number. But <laughs> uh, well, we can. There, did I lose you? It's no, I'm here. But we could break okay. down the the NFL card for this weekend. See if we can get some uh, some picks out there for the for our listeners. We actually just posted a couple games. Usually, uh, in the last couple weeks, our groups have been waiting more at post betting to release games. Uh, this week, we actually got some NFL games already. So, I'm not going to give any ratings on the air of how they're rated on the board. Before we get into the games, let's talk about let's talk about. Did that Super Bowl, which Flacco was the quarterback. I've been listening to a lot of sports mm-hmm. radio in the car when my son's in the car, and now they're all talking of Flacco. Um, so what do you, what, I mean, like, do you think he's going to be um, re-signed as the main quarterback for Cleveland next year? They can't. Uh, they, they have guaranteed money to Deshaun. I mean, it's it will cripple their franchise. They They literally can't. So it's I don't know. I'm not a front office person. It's not been my forte. I'm more on the betting side. I have a lot of analysis and, and connections in the betting world, but when it comes to the front office, I don't. I can't see how that works. So um, they paid him 245 million guaranteed. That means even if they trade him, they still have to pay him. So right. they have to bring him back. I mean, but. It just shows how good the team is. They've had four starting quarterbacks all year, and they've won games with all of them. All of them. I mean, every single one has won a game this year, which is, it just shows how good the actual defense is. It kind of reminds me of the Ravens, you know, back in the 2000s when we won the first Super Bowl, um, where we had Trent Dilfer, we couldn't score touchdowns, we had a good running game. Just a game manager, really good field goal kicker, and an amazing defense. It reminds me a lot of that team with a really good defense, a running back, and just a guy that just doesn't make too many mistakes for him. Now, they're scoring a lot more points than that Ravens team back then, but the Ravens defense was so good. It's like if you, if you scored two touchdowns on that Ravens defense, you were probably winning the game. But it's it the same type of uh, same type of formula. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be what really would be interesting is if somehow the Browns end up coming to Baltimore to play in the playoffs, which we would play against Flacco in the playoffs. That, that's that's a crazy right. uh, scenario. I could have never thought, never thought would have happened. You know, if you would have asked me six weeks ago, the guy was sitting on the couch and now he's winning games. Winning games handedly. I mean, it's not even just like he's game managing. I mean, he's throwing for a lot of yards. I think he has 12 touchdowns already this year. So it's a lot. And the, the guy clearly is better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the NFL that actually play all year round, which is crazy. The guy's 38 years old, and he's still just throwing the ball around. So it'll be, it'll be cool. A lot, lot, of, lot of time for us to ponder these things over the next uh, couple years. So let's talk about Sorry, betting. Let, let's talk about uh, these games. So let's talk about the public teams. Let's get, instead of doing it in the order of the rotation, um, the rise and fall of the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you got to say about the Kansas City Chiefs just as a whole? You know, they were favored to win the whole thing again in the preseason. And now you got a team that's literally, you know, just crushing betters regularly against the point spread. Um, they're they're all, let, recently, believe it or not, for the season, they're seven and seven ATS. So they've just been juicing out for the season. Um, but again, you know, they they seven 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 and eight. Uh, it's on the closing number seven seven and one. On the closing note. Okay. So, um, okay. But uh, they're one in three in their last uh, four straight up, losing to Green Bay 19 to 27, uh, 27 to 19, losing to Buffalo 20 to 17, uh, winning uh, 
27-17 against New England, and then uh, 20-14, to obviously, last week, the Raiders beat them. So let's talk I mean, about this game. They're playing crazy. Cincinnati Bengals, and they're laying seven at home at 425 East. So this is, <laughs> this is the game that they were supposed to have the Ravens-Dolphins play uh, on primetime, and they didn't want to switch it to 4 o'clock because the viewership for Taylor Swift is so high that they didn't want to take it off a national stage. That, I think, is a little bit... That's the NFL execs, and, and I know our friend Mitch um, is. We'll we'll do a twenty minute piece on this, so I, I can't argue with them about that. That's clearly just insane because nobody cares about watching the Chiefs and the Bengals. I mean, you're talking about two teams that are, you know, just barely, you know, getting into the playoffs. Bengals have a backup quarterback, and you take the the game of the year off prime time. So aside from that, I mean, this is not the Chiefs team that we've seen in recent years. You're talking about six out of the last eight they've lost. That is insane. And they've lost games in Kansas City. They lost to the Raiders, double-digit favorite in that game. On, um, that was on Christmas Day. And they're just not the same team that we're used to believing in Mahomes week after week in, in recent years. Now, they weren't a great covering team in recent years, but they were winning games, and, and they're not doing that this year. Vegas, I know it's a divisional foe, came in there with a great game plan and just beat up on them wire to wire. I don't like this game. Um, I think it's a big number. I think the numbers basically... Right. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs will end up winning the game, and they might win by a touchdown, but I'm not, I'm not laying seven with the Chiefs. So, small lean on the Bengals in this game. I'm not betting this game by any means, but um, I, can't, I can't take the Chiefs laying the seven. All right, so for all the spread guys, the top four teams in the NFL are Tampa Bay, Detroit, Miami, Baltimore Ravens. All four have the same record, 10-5 and five ATS, up five games ATS. So let's, let's, let's pick one of these games. Let's talk about the – we'll save the Ravens game. Let's see, is Detroit playing? Where's Detroit? Is Detroit off this week or are they playing? Detroit is off this week, I believe. Detroit's off. No, there's no teams off. No, they're not. There's no, no, they're not off? I don't, I don't know why. They're it's not popping. Saturdays. There's no, there's no bye weeks. Oh, oh, I'm looking. Saturday, at, I'm looking. Ah, I was on the wrong day. Okay, so Detroit at Dallas. So let's talk about that. Dallas is 9-6 and six ATS. Detroit is 10-5 and five ATS. That is the Saturday action play. Dallas opened up at 6 and 51.5. The line has stayed at 6 across all shops, but it, the total has popped two points to 53.5 as of this uh, re- the live show we're doing now on uh, the radio. So what do you think about this matchup? Two teams that are basically both positive for the betters in their wallet uh, over 50%. Uh, 60% for Dallas, 66.7% for Detroit. I'm, I'm not fading Dallas at home. Uh, they've been a moneymaker all year at the crib. This is something they've done very well this year. This is that That is the place where they don't lose games and they play. They elevate their play time and time again. I'm still not a believer in Detroit. I think they've had some... Fairly easy wins. I mean, they, their last win was against Minnesota, which is a divisional game. They beat Denver. That's not saying much. They lost to Chicago. They beat New Orleans. They lost to Green Bay. They lost to Chicago. They lost to the Raiders. I mean, sorry, the Chargers. So they beat the Chargers 41-38, to which was a, um, a shootout. None of these games, I mean, the last time they played a team that was good, was October 22nd when they came to the Ravens and they lost 38 to 6. They haven't beat up on anybody in these wins that they've accumulated. 
I think the eleven four record is is um, overrated and inflated. Um, but you can't take them. I think you're getting a good price on the Cowboys under the the key number of seven, and you're getting them at home. And it's it's going to be a long day for Detroit. I, I think this is going to be a pretty big blowout. Dallas getting the job done. There'll be some points scored in this game. The total's 53, which is high for an NFL game this year. But it just shows you that both these offenses could score a lot of points, and I think Dallas is going to score a lot more points. So give me Dallas lane six. All right, well, let's go back to tomorrow, back to Flacco. Cleveland lands seven. They're nine and five ATS. The Jets are five and nine ATS. Um, it almost looks too easy to take Cleveland. That's that's my. It's like seven and a half actually in most spots, and I'm almost thinking like, man, every sharp's going to be on the Jets. Yeah, and uh, as we talk about, and uh, we've talked about this for a while this season. The sharp chasers were actually getting crushed this year in the NFL. It has not been a good year. And again, it's, it's a small sample size when you're talking to a pro that's worrying about one season of data. But this season has not been the case. I think in this situation, it's, if it looks too easy, sometimes you just gotta say, okay, just because it looks too easy, just go with it. I'm not fading the Browns at home who've been a moneymaker getting Seven and one, um, seven and one against the spread this year at the crib. They've been playing really good football. They have a quarterback that's doing enough. They've been scoring points at a premium. I mean, last week thirty six points against Houston. Again, they didn't have a quarterback. Then they they went at home versus Chicago. They went at home versus the. The Jaguars, and I mean, these are teams that are, you know, Jaguars are going to be in the playoffs. Then the last time they lost was on the road at the Rams. And, and you know, the Rams are in playoff contention, so they're a good team. I don't see this game being close. The Jets are an atrocity. They've been the last game, the only game that they really won last game was against Washington, who's just as bad. When they played at Miami, with a good defense and a good offense, they didn't even score a point. I don't see this game going any way but Cleveland getting the dub. I'm not betting the game. It's not something I'm obsessed with. I think the number is pretty high. But if I had to give a, a pick on it or a lean, I would just take Cleveland um, laying the points. What about What about this team? Carolina Panthers. I mean, wow. They are 4-9 and nine against the spread. And two, they've pushed on two games. They share the bottom spot with Nolans and New England. Three lowest teams in the NFL, Carolina, Nolans, and New England. So let's talk about this Carolina Panthers. Obviously, we know a couple guys that are always pounding Carolina. Um, um, they're getting six and a half. Seven in one spot just popped up. So you got Jacksonville, who, um, you know, how many games? I think they're eight and seven against the spread, but straight straight up um, winning, losing, has lost four games in a row. They lost to Cincy on December 4th. They lost to Cleveland on December 10th. They lost to Baltimore on December 17th. They looked horrible in that Baltimore game. I rarely watch the games, but I happen to watch that game. They lost last week to Tampa Bay, all the Sharps, actually chased Tampa and were on Tampa and won with Tampa. Um, and now they're at Carolina on this four-game skid. What do you think of this team? I can't. I, what I've seen out of Jacksonville um, in recent weeks just proves that I, I can't go with them in any scenarios. Half. Slash no, seven. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Um, Christian Kirk being out for the year. Um, has been a huge factor for their offense. And Trevor Lawrence is banged up. His shoulder, you could see last game that he's, he's just banged up. And with a banged-up Lawrence, they're not getting the job done. I mean, they got blown out by the Bucks last game, blown out by Baltimore. 
lost to Cleveland, and that's basically where it all started because Trevor Lawrence got hurt right around that time. Not falling in love with Carolina um, at all, but they have covered three out of the last four games. They have been playing better of late. I know the Jaguars have to win this game, but I can't see them getting the cover. I think it's a lot of points, and this is a, a typical backdoor action where Carolina sneaks in. If you can find seven, this is this is a wait-and-see approach. Um, both of these teams have sucked against the spread, whether as Carolina on the road, they've only covered one game on the road, and Jacksonville's only covered two games at home. They're not a good home team altogether. There's no home field advantage in that stadium. And with a banged-up Jaguars, I could see this being a fairly close game. So I'll, if I could grab seven, this is a wait-and-see approach. This, that's a good spot for Carolina getting a touchdown on the road. Yeah, you can get seven at one shop right now. Um, how about these Eagles? Eagles are a double – there's two double digits. We'll do the first double digit. Eagles at home laying 11 against uh, Arizona – Eagles, again, not really doing much against the spread for the betters. Seven, six, and two on the closing number this season. Arizona, uh, same thing, not doing much. Seven and eight, one game under 500 against the spread. But again, there's that double digit situation where, you know, you get a lot of people just auto betting Arizona. Yeah, it's, uh, it's another one. I don't like, um, I know the Sharps be all over Arizona, but I think it's just uh, another get-right game for, for the Eagles. It's the style of play that they play suits really well against um, Arizona. Arizona has been, even with with Murray coming back and playing for weeks, they're still getting roasted by the good teams. The last game they won was against Pittsburgh, which we know Pittsburgh's been pretty crappy all year. And they got blown out by the Rams. They got um, blown out by San Francisco. So anytime they go on the road outside of that that Pittsburgh game, they've been absolutely blown out by good defenses and, and good teams. So I'm not running to the window for Philly, but it's Philly or nothing in this spot. So give me the Eagles. All right, what about this San Francisco coming off the Monday night loss? Short week, laying 14 on the open, now down to 13 and a half. Some spots, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. That money's coming in on Washington here, up the street in the DMV. You could literally, well, if they weren't, uh, they're the same time. They're both at 1 o'clock. Otherwise, you could do the old, you know, run from the Ravens Stadium over to the Redskins Stadium since both stadiums are in Maryland. But, unfortunately, uh, you can't do that because they're both at 1 o'clock. So, what do you think of that game? <laughs> San Fran's come was over there. Now they're coming over here, but they don't play us. They play the Skins, uh, the Commanders. Yeah, it's... Uh... I, and again, I'm, there's no way they're, I they're not give that out right now. There's too many injuries right now. To, to they're press, only eight and seven against the spread for all the listeners. You know, from a betting point of view, they're no better than Jacksonville or Pittsburgh. Believe, wrap your head around that. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, and San Francisco. Think of them all in the same company. Have the same exact spread record, eight and seven. You imagine they share that record. Well, they've had double, they've had double digit. And it's mostly been their losses against the spreads really been more at home because the number has been so inflated. They're five and three against the spread on the road, and they have a six and two record. So they've actually covered more games on the road than they have at home. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that the numbers over it's overinflated at home, which means that they're getting the job done and they're winning, but they're just not covering. And I can't. I don't trust the the commanders at all. That team is just they're they were bad before the injuries and they're even worse with the injuries. But for right now, I don't know who's actually playing on the 49ers. Purdy's banged up, Trent Williams, those are the key factors that I need to see before 
actually giving out a prediction on this game. I do think that the the twelve and a half is a, a smaller number that I anticipate. I made this outlaw line at fourteen, so I'm getting value, but I think it's because of the injuries that they're waiting um, before it bumps up. Because if they they think Purdy's out and and Trent Williams is out, then yeah, they I could see them winning this game by nine or ten. They won't get the job done. But right now, um, with the injuries looming on both sides, I could see this being uh, a tighter, lower scoring game. So not ever going to give a side here. I'm going to take the under. Nice. I like it. Nice, nice, nice. How about speaking of Pittsburgh, sharing the same record, they fly out to Seattle, getting three and a half. It opened at three. It was three and a half. Uh, 405 spot, East Coast to the West Coast situation. It'll be uh, 105 in the afternoon for the people in Seattle, even though it's a 405 game for us. Yeah. I, I'm not taking Pittsburgh at all. I think this is a, a, a really important game for both, obviously for playoff implications. But Seattle um, is the help. Seattle's rolling. Right they're now. eight and five ATS. They're they're up there and they're right eight under five the ATS and they've won. They've had you know the games eight that they and lost five and two. Were, they pushed the on backup. two games. Yeah. yeah, they had a backup quarterback. A lot of injuries. They're finally healthy. Um, you saw that last week where they. They came back on the road to Tennessee, and they beat Tennessee, which was a push on the number. Um, but they've 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 done great. I mean, week fifteen they beat the Eagles, and outside of that, when they're at home, they're a good team. Um, the Steelers are just god awful, tons of injuries, and with that being said, I just I can't trust betting the Steelers. Yeah, I don't think the line's going to actually go down in this situation. I think it's going to go up because the public is probably going to be betting Seattle. But I don't think it matters. Seattle at home gets a job done, wins by a few, but sorry, by a touchdown. So they're not good at home this year against the spread. They're two and four, which is uh, a little conflicting because they are a good home team. But I think a lot of the teams that they've played in that division are so bad that the numbers are overinflated. For at home, so doesn't matter. Three and a half, getting the job done. I'll take Seattle here. How about six and nine ATS Buffalo Bills against four and ten New England Patriots? The Bills opened at thirteen and thirty nine and thirty nine flat, and there is now twelve and forty and a half under. So the lines. The spread's gone down a point, and the total's gone up a point and a half. And I just don't see any reason to lay. I mean, we watched the Bills. Sharps have been fading the Bills. Actually, Shea Sharp traces have been losing on the Bills. They've actually been winning. Um, you know, they were on the Chargers last week. Um, they were on. Um, they were. They were on them when they. I think they went to Kansas City and beat Kansas City. Um, but this, I just don't see laying 12. I just, if anything, I'd be on the Patriots. We know a, a group that they're always on the Patriots. Obviously, they're 4 and 10 ATS, the worst team beside New Orleans. Uh, for, both are 4, 10, and 1 on the closing number. But I, I just can't see laying 12 at home with Buffalo. It seems like they're not motivated to just blow people out. They just want to win. They're not, but it's still the Patriots are just god awful, and it's a division game. The I mean, they went in trying Denver, to get a better they, draft. They, they blew a lot of parlays in on a Denver matchup last week. <laughs> That's exactly, and it just shows that you know it's any given Sunday in the NFL. Uh, but they're still the Patriots. They're still banged up. They're still starting a, a, a terrible quarterback at Zappy. Not that Mac Jones was any better, but Buffalo. This is a must win for Buffalo. And they want to, you know, they were just getting roasted by the Patriots for the last decade. So for them to make a statement against the division foe, it just gives them extra, you know, juice and motivation 
to get the job done. Uh, again, it's a huge number, so it, I'm not a big fan of laying double digits in the NFL. I mean, you saw that on Christmas Day where the first, you know, all three dogs won. And right. everybody, you know, probably the entire public board was, was taking favorites that day, especially San Fran. And the fact that all three won outright just shows that the NFL's finicky. But in this situation, it's I'm not going to overthink this too much. The Bills need to win to keep rising um, and get a better seed in the playoffs for potentially even mm-hmm. getting a home playoff game. The Patriots have been done for a while, and I think the Bills stomp all over the Pats. I don't think the Pats score more than a touchdown in this game. The Bills will run away with this one. I think it's going to be a huge blowout. So not a big fan of the number, but I'll, I'll lay the 11 and a half here. 12 flat, but I hear you. <clears throat> so going into the last 10 minutes, rounding rounding the course, nine minutes, uh, I think you could talk nine minutes straight about this Miami uh, Raven matchup. Go ahead. <laughs> the line opened up at not in 45. I am not. It's st- Wait, wait, hear me out. Well, that talk usually usually it's you don't cross a key number from one that quick. One to three and a half. This is a very big overreaction off feeding to Stan French. So they I don't I, I don't buy that I don't buy that opening number. That's that look ahead week number. That's not the actual opening line. It was never nobody would ever get that one. It was that week ahead where they post that you know, they already post week 18 um, right, right, right. next week's number out there. So it's that line is never available in most places. Um, so it hasn't moved that much. It's been pretty stagnant since it opened up. Again, this is uh, not a homer pick by any means. I'm taking the Ravens. I mean, I'm not fading them. They've done nothing but cover all season long. They're five and two at home, and they're ten and five against the spread overall. They're four and three at home against the spread. The games that we lose are against teams that we should beat. Until I'm proven otherwise, the games that they get up for are the biggest games of the year, regular season wise, and especially this year. And they've done nothing to tell me anything different or have any other different analysis than to take a team that gets up for big games. We blew out Detroit at home when that was supposed to be a close game. We blew out the Seahawks at home when they thought that that was going to be a relatively close game. These big matchups, the Ravens just show up. I mean, the games that we lost were back in September. We lost to the Colts in overtime. There was a ton of rain here, and it was a very close game. Shouldn't have never went to overtime. Then we lose to the Pittsburgh on the road on a block punt and a couple bad coaching plays. Again, should have won that game. And then we lose to Cleveland at home 31-33 to when Cleveland played the best game that they – or the best half that they played the entire season – to actually come back and win that game. I mean, it is going to take a monumental win and a performance for the Dolphins to come in Baltimore and win the game. And I just don't see that happening. I, again, it's the NFL. It could easily happen. Um, but they get the job done at the crib, man, and especially with a no, low number. The last game was an overtime win against the Rams. That was a seven and a half point favorite by the Ravens. This is three and a half. If they win this game, they're not winning it by a field goal late. They're going to get to Tua early. They're going to disrupt him. And as long as we don't see what we saw last year when, when the Dolphins came in and they freaking went crazy in the second half and they, I think they scored 35 points in the second half to beat us early mm-hmm. in the year. I don't see that happening. This is going to be a route. This is going to be a statement game. Everybody knows how big the game is. I think, uh, like I said, the number's not four. Because if a team's usually four, we always say, why are they not seven? I think the, the odds makers have it right. 
Three and a half is the right number on this game. I think the Ravens win by much more. Give me the W. Give me the one seed. Let's roll into the playoffs and do some real damage. Let's not forget Miami's in that top spot with the Ravens. They're both 10 and 5 ATS. So, you know, in this situation, if I, you know, my scenario is always to auto bet the dog because you're just getting more value. I know people don't like that word, but, you know, it'll well, be the word, the word the value is better than hope. That's right. What does Mitch say? Value does what? better than hope. Crushes, crushes your dreams. Crushes your dreams. I don't know. That's why anybody watching games hope ruins your life. Exactly. Let's talk about um, the overall products. So there's a lot of con. We got five minutes left. A lot of people are very negative on the product, but why are you so positive on the product? No matter what, uh, I think the refs, the way that they coach the game, is trying to protect the players, which in turn makes it a little bit... Well, let me rephrase. For the guys that have been watching the NFL product for the last 40 years, it's much different. It's not like it was before. They let a lot of things go. A lot more players were hurt, which in turns, a lot more players had post-career heavy injuries. So, of course, the game was a lot looser. There's a lot more brutality, and the people that were watching it didn't really care that much to see how that player is going to act when he's 45 years old and has PTSD. But now the game's different. They're trying to protect the players, which causes a lot of concern for the product. I still think no matter what, you're going to have bad. The game is too unique to to ref 100% correctly. It's just, there's so many scenarios, so many types of variations of a, a catch, uh, a foul, a, a holding. All of that has always been around. No matter what, I'm still a believer that the product is elite. It gets people in the stands. No matter what, people are diehard for their fans, for the team, sorry. And, and they're, it's exciting. I mean, the whole camaraderie where everybody comes together on Sunday mornings to to root their team in, and every week is a playoff game for most teams. I mean, it's, there's no other sport out there that you're you're looking at every game as such a big event. I mean, NBA 82 game season doesn't matter. College basketball, college football, same scenario. But even college football, it's every game matters because they get the bowls. But again. The bowls are so diluted now with so many of them and a lot of a lot of players that are sitting out because they want to go to the NFL. Even that, the product has, has went downhill. But with the NFL, come playoff time, no matter what, no matter who you are, you're watching the playoffs and you're, you're hoping your team gets a shot at a Super Bowl because it's that hard to not only get to the playoffs, but also win. So, well, and no what, from a betting a point of view, I love it's it. A- and from the betting point of view, you know, I say at the beginning of every season, 52, 51%. It's 52%. We'll be back next week for another edition of Sports Insider Radio on the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.